Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD and TJ. Can you dig that, baby? <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and spooky events. <laughs> Way to change the intro with the last episode of the month. Woo-woo. I am your host, LD. Along with me for the ride is the creepy TJ. Oh, hey. Welcome to our Halloween episode, guys. We're super excited. I got to tell you. I've been looking forward to this episode. It's not even my episode, and I'm super excited about it, but we do have a little business up front. Oh, yeah? We have three pieces of business. Three pieces? I thought we just had one. No, we have three pieces of business. So, first piece of business, I got a new job. Well, that's not business. That's It actually is a little bit of business going with our Halloween theme here. Oh, yeah? I'm actually, I became one of the casting researchers for a returning show on a popular streaming site. I can't say which one it is or what the show is, but uh, if you guys have any paranormal experiences, and that's if you have run across a cryptid, been haunted by anything, have any cursed items, basically anything having to do with the paranormal, please reach out to me at lindley at jw23casting.com. That is L-Y-N-L-Y at J as in James, W as in what? 23casting.com. I would love to hear your stories. That's the first piece of business. So there's that. Business item number two Thank you guys for leaving the review for us in September. We really, really appreciate it. We would like to extend a question to all of you. Please let us know if you're having sound issues with our podcast. We are a DIY program, and so I kind of had to teach myself how to do everything using the equipment, doing the compressions and everything. So please, if we are on the quieter side, please shoot us an email, Twitter, Facebook, any of those things. Just let us know. At us. Yeah, add us. Just let us know if it's coming through really quiet so that I can figure out the uh, audio issue and get that back up. Because, again, we are a DIY project, and so we're kind of running all this by ourselves. But otherwise, thanks, Louise. Thank you for, for the review. We really, yeah, we really, really appreciate that. Thank you for the feedback because that makes the show better. Yeah. Proof we actually listen to you yeah. and your feedback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we want this to be a community and the best podcast that we can possibly do. So thank you so much for the feedback. Thank you for letting us know that. And please, guys, let us know if you're having any audio issues. We just want to make this awesome. So, And then the third piece of business that me and TJ have before we get into it is that this is our last episode just for the month of October, we're going to be... say, not ever. <laughs> not ever. No, we're, we're going to be coming back stronger. Yeah. We're going to be taking the month of November off. TJ is super swamped with her job. I'm super swamped with my job. And we just want to take the month to 
do our business, rest, recoup, uh, get a new load-in of episodes set up in the queue, and just be able to sit back and research and, again, make this the best podcast ever. So we will be back in the month of December, but we need a break, y'all. Yeah, and it's much better just to know in advance than it coming down to you know, Friday night at eight o'clock and us being like, oh, we didn't get an episode out. Sorry, guys. Like, yeah, it's much better this way. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be taking one month off and we will see you guys in December. But that is all of our business for now. TJ is going to be taking the reins, although I have a feeling I'm going to be very opinionated about the subject that she's talking about today. TJ, what are we talking about today? For our Halloween episode... I am literally telling you ghost stories. Yes! We are going to be talking about celebrity hauntings. Yes! Either celebrity ghosts. Yes! And because, you know, it's rock and roll heaven. They're yes. all music ghosts. Music, music ghosts. Music legends. <laughs> and, um, and actually, some ghost stories from living musicians today. So that are not necessarily celebrity ghosts, but from music people alive and well today super I, I i cannot wait i'm i am literally going back and forth being like should i sit down and just listen or should i just stay at the mic because i'm just gonna freak out every five seconds okay well i might freak out on you if you don't <laughs> let me just have the episode you gave me the episode it's my episode no no no, no, no. wait 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 <laughs> you took the episode for me because you got mad at me because you thought it was going to be a four-hour episode oh yeah fine <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to sit back and try to enjoy it, but I might scream a couple times. All right, kitties, gather around. Oh, just a warning. Most of these are fine, but some of them are kind of spooky. So, you know, if you're sensitive to it, if you have little ones around that are sensitive to it, maybe pre-screen. I don't know. I'll warn you on the creepier ones. So we're going to kick this off. With the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. Everybody knows there's been all sorts of stories of sightings of him and things like that. So I've compiled a few for you. Even after his death in 1977, people still claim to see the ghost of the king of rock and roll in numerous places he once haunted in real life. Of course, at Graceland, it is said that he can be seen peering out from the upstairs windows at the thousands of visitors that go to the grounds each year. Often, people also report hearing music coming from inside the house, even when it's empty, and say they see a ghostly apparition dressed just like the king himself. He also has frequented the old recording facility at RCA Studio B in Nashville, where he once recorded Heartbreak Hotel, and is also an alleged haunted spot with people reporting that his ghost still wanders the building. Witnesses also claim that if his name is mentioned, Ladders fall, lights explode, and there are bangs and noises heard throughout the building. I didn't realize that he was Beetlejuice. Right? <laughs> Poltergeist Elvis. Coming at you. Ha! Thank you very much. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> I should just be a cartoon character. I thought you already were. Pretty dang close sometimes. <sighs> but Elvis seems to really get around because he's also been spotted 
in local Memphis Burger Kings. His <laughs> yes, Burger Kings. I had to reread that a couple times. I'm like, wait, what? When so I the saw king it. of rock and rolls, <laughs> the king of burgers. Hey. <laughs> Everybody wow. loves a BK Lounge. Oh man, some original chicken sandwiches. I'm not going to do any more Elvis impressions because <laughs> it makes LD mad. So, yeah, true story. Spotted at local Memphis Burger Kings, his former home in Palm Springs, gas stations, and several other locations. So often and by so many people, it's no wonder that many speculate that he only faked his death to escape the public eye. Because, I mean, if you're seeing the Elvis ghost at the gas station, like... How pedestrian do you think this guy is? Uh, I gotta fill up. Uh-huh. I gotta fill up, mama. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was like a mix of Elvis and me. We are the worst Elvis impersonators. <laughs> I'm not that bad. Um, <laughs> It could be worse. It could be way worse, dude. It's also possible that he achieved such an incredible level of fame and notoriety that people only think they're seeing him everywhere, mistaking other people for the deceased singer. There are a lot of Elvis impersonators out there. Clearly, LD and I should not take this up as a profession. But, you know. Yeah. But, you know, then again, it could be that his spirit is so big it cannot be confined to just one location. So here is my... Here's where I... Here is where I step in as a paranormal investigator and give a little bit of insight on possibilities. So we as spirits, you know, we don't we don't have all the answers like the paranormal investigation community doesn't have all the answers. But what we have gleaned so far is that a spirit is tied to some place that meant something to them, which is why I don't hold a lot of credence to people that say they've seen you know, spirits in a graveyard because they don't have anything tied to that. It was their final resting place. And so there might be instances like Valentino and people like that that, that do appear at their graves because there's been a lot of people that said that they've seen Valentino at his grave. But the fact is the spirit is not confined to one location. So as far as we know, a spirit can travel. And there is... This idea in the paranormal community is that you could want something so much that you manifest it. So that might be why some people are seeing his spirit. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he's not hanging out at Burger Kings and gas stations. But it could have been that there was something else on the land yeah, that, could that, be. that he was tied to. Because we are a young country and a lot of the American mentality is tear it down and build something new. And that's what makes me so sad about Vegas is that they don't keep their history. They destroy their history. Yeah. And... From what I understand, Elvis has been sighted in Las Vegas as well. So, oh he, yeah, he, he gets around. <laughs> yeah, he gets around. He's everywhere. Like people yeah. have claims of spotting him all over the place. Yeah, the one that I feel like holds the most credence, but since Graceland was his home, is that he would sit there and watch people come into his house from yeah. the window. That's that's one that I actually believe because think about it you you live in this house your entire well you know the majority of your adult life. And all of a sudden, you have this awakening and you see people are coming in and it's a museum now. Right. Well, that in the recording studios, I mean, you'll hear a bunch of a bunch of them within my research, but then also outside of that, too, of like a lot of claims of them being in the recording studios, as well as obviously, you know, in their homes and stuff like that. But recording studios is a big one that you usually hear claims of a particular 
musician celebrities ghost. I totally get why that would be a thing because yeah. the paranormal and you want you want to spend your afterlife in places that made you happy. Right. And the recording studio is where a lot of musicians fulfilled their dreams. So I can imagine that they would be a very haunted hotspot. Yeah. And I just want to throw out there, you know, whether you buy into the paranormal and all that, you know, we're not trying to sway you one way or the other. Like, regardless, no. these are fun stories. LD and I just happen to kind of believe in that kind of a thing. So if not, still stick around for the stories because the, they're fun. The reason why I became a paranormal investigator was because I don't have all the answers and I want to believe, but I want proof. I want to explore these locations. And, and I've got to tell you, I've done places like Waverly Hills. I've done Bobby Mackey's Music World. Hopefully we're doing Estes Park in November. So that's the Shining Hotel. Nice. I, I want to collect evidence and I want to know. And I so I have this passion. And so that's what, so I'm a, I am a skeptic, but want to believe. Well, you may get a few more locations after this. Woo-woo. After this episode. Give it to me, baby. Uh, I should say all of my research, by the way, came from a book that I gave her. That LD loaned me. I have like 800 paranormal books. Yeah, there was another one on the counter. I was really worried when I told her that <laughs> I kept it brief and light for today. <laughs> no, that's my show research. That she was like, oh, I need to bulk this out. I'm like, no, run away. <laughs> no, that book is actually for research for work because I was trying to find different aspects of paranormal activity. So things nice. that manifest like viscous substance or destruction Ooh. of furniture and things like that. The, like... Yeah. Different manifestation of paranormal entities. That's why that was pulled out. Okay. It was a research book. Well, this one was Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Hauntings by Marie D. Jones. If you would like to go beyond just the musical guests and into other famous and notorious hauntings. And I actually found that book through another podcast, which was the Paranormal Podcast with Jim Harold. She was actually a guest on the show. And so once I heard that was happening, I was like, oh, buying that book immediately. So you should check out her episode on the Paranormal Podcast, which is episode 603, Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Hauntings. So check that out. Yeah, it was a good book. Well researched. Moving right along to Hank Williams. Yeehaw. Country music icon Hank Williams is a very busy ghost as well. He is regarded as one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century, and by all accounts, he keeps himself busy following his death in 1953 by haunting Nashville's Ryman Auditorium, the former home of the Grand Ole Opry. Williams played there many times during his life, and employees have claimed they run into his ghost either backstage or on stage after the venue has closed. Because it is still an active venue in Nashville. So, but apparently after they close for the night, they run into Hank Williams' ghost several times. Perhaps waiting for his cue to go on. Who knows? Okay. Now, we've come to one that is very near to me. I'll do an episode on him later. But we have come to Jim Morrison's ghost. I put him in a little early because I just couldn't wait. But, you know. Again, overlapping episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, I mean, all of these are gonna overlap yeah. in some way, shape, or form, either already have been or will be soon, you know? Yeah, because he was in our conspiracy theory that stated that he oh, isn't true, dead. Yes. He isn't dead. Well, according to these claims, he's very much dead <laughs> because his ghost has been seen elsewhere. The rock star, poet, idol, and enigma. 
Jim Morrison, died at his Paris apartment in 1971. Since then, his ghost has been said to be spotted around the cemetery where he was buried. Among the claims of many iconic musicians haunting the studios where they once recorded, Morrison's ghost has also been said to haunt the Sunset Sound Recording Studios in Los Angeles. And this one was kind of... A bizarre claim and apologies I didn't kind of I didn't research it a little bit more to see if there was some sort of a connection between him and this woman that maybe this was why but in Haunted Rock and Roll Ghostly Tales of Musical Legends it's a book Rhonda Barron claimed that Morrison's ghost has climbed into her bed and um copulated with her on numerous occasions nice word yeah protecting little ears but really like he doesn't his ghost doesn't have anything better i mean whatever speaking of fun words to use instead of actual words we were taking a tour in alaska and we went through this one small town and of course there are like little kids on this tour he was like and if you look to your right there's a brothel and if you're wondering what a brothel is that's where the soup is made you're welcome parents (laughs) and that was so (laughs) that was great to me shout out to that tour guide that's nice that's awesome so this part gets just a little spooky not too terrible but a little spookier if you don't like that you might want to kind of skip ahead as legendary as he was in life the ghost of the rocker seems to have become a legend as well in the form of a photograph the image taken in 1977 shows a man dressed quite like morrison would have dressed in his time alongside the rock historian brett meisner at morrison's headstone According to an article in Rolling Stone magazine in 2009, the October 16th issue, the photo is authentic and has not been tampered with. Since then, paranormal researchers have tried to debunk it several times over. But photo experts at the time claim that it is indeed authentic, and Meisner himself has reported that since that fateful visit, he has been plagued by strange events, including the death of a close friend and the end of his marriage and strangers approaching him saying that they too are now being haunted by Morrison's ghost. Maybe this wasn't that creepy. I think because I looked at the photo, (laughs) it creeped me out. Meisner has claimed that the vibe around the photo has turned from positive to negative, and since then, many witnesses have reported seeing the icon spirit hovering around the gravesite. I was was only going to say that on YouTube, there are a couple channels where people will either gain access to the apartment or go to the gravesite and stuff like that and they'll get evps or photographs there's a couple different things that you can use when you're doing paranormal investigations one is the angel box one's frank's box one's the spirit box they're all kind of the same thing sort of with the same idea but there are a couple channels that do these spirit box and evp sessions and so you can go to saving ghosts shine on paranormal Charlie Chikatitan, Kendra Ellis, I think I think that's her name, Kendra Ellis or Kendra Elise. And uh, you can check those out. And they're pretty interesting. The thing about the spirit box is when you're running through the frequencies and things like that, what they're doing is it's picking up on radio signals. And the idea with a Frank's box session or the spirit box session is that you ask it a question and the radio speaks for the spirit. So it'll come up as cohesive words, or it'll use two different frequencies to make a word. And so check those sites out. They're kind of cool. I hate doing the spirit box session indoors because it's it's never quiet. It's so loud, but it's it's interesting when you get it to start responding to you. And, you know, it wouldn't be a TJ episode without a fun fact. So these are, because we're telling ghost stories, these are ghost facts. 
Those who knew Morrison well said that his past tragic encounter seeing a Native American ghost after a car accident may have shaped his own beliefs in the existence of the paranormal. For some reason, that makes me think of that scene in Wayne's World 2 where Jim Morrison shows up with the the Native American. That totally makes sense. (laughs) If you haven't seen Wayne's World 2, don't worry about it. (laughs) The first one's the best one. Yeah, but still, that is actually a great like little inside joke thing. I like it. (laughs) All right. I guess I didn't remember it from before. Again, my head is a never-ending, viscous pool of completely useless information. Stop saying that word. What, viscous? Yeah. Why viscous? Like a word of the day calendar for you? (laughs) No, I've just been in viscous land. Clearly gross. (laughs) Anyways, moving on. Next ghost, Frank Sinatra. Old Blue Eyes loves spending time at the Cal Never Resort and Casino on the shore of Lake Tahoe, where he owned Lakeview Cabin Number no. 5 from 1960 to 1963. Why 1963 specifically, you might ask? Because they closed the casino following the police raid and arrest of a gangster, a mobster. <laughs> so, you know. Makes sense. Yeah. Las Vegas was oh, built yeah. by the mob. Teaming with them. You know. <laughs> teaming. It's funny that you say that word because Teamsters, teaming. Oh, don't say Teamsters are in the mob. Chip's a Teamster. He's not in the mob. Are you sure? Fairly certain. (laughs) But he did spend a lot of time there. So after Sinatra's death, his ghost has been spotted at the cabin. And ghost fact, visitors have reported seeing the ghost of another famous guest just two doors down at cabin number three, Marilyn Monroe. Her ghost has also been reported in the resort swimming pool she loved to frequent. Do you have more on Marilyn Monroe? No. Marilyn Monroe was a singer, and she was a good singer. And you can actually see her ghost at the Roosevelt Hotel in a mirror. And I think it became so popular that they actually had to move the mirror. But there's a lot of ghost sightings of Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah. There's a huge section in the book about Marilyn Monroe. But because she's not a musician, she's an actress. She's a singer. (sighs) Move on. Moving on. Go back to Frank. Back to Frank. According to the country star Tim McGraw, Sinatra's ghost may have also been haunting his former home in Los Angeles. Oh, I added an extra as well. I'm going to say that again. Back to Frank Sinatra. According to country music star Tim McGraw, Sinatra's ghost may have also been haunting his former home in Los Angeles. McGraw told Nash Country Daily that he and his four-year-old daughter Gracie visited the former Sinatra home when he and his wife and fellow country music star Faith Hill... We're looking for a home to rent. McGraw reported that Sinatra's furniture was still in the home, including his piano. When his daughter Gracie went over to sit at the piano, she chose to sit at the very end of the bench. At the top of the stairs hung a photo of Sinatra, and when Gracie went upstairs and saw the photo, she stopped and said, Dad, that's the guy. Tim asked her what she meant, and Gracie responded, That's the guy that was at the piano with me. She then continued to tell him that Frank's ghost went into the kitchen and vanished behind a hidden door. That's awesome. Right? The family was spooked and surprised, but still ended up renting the home. And I would, too. I mean, ghost of Frank Sinatra living with me. Uh, Yes, please. So, yeah, kids, children and the elderly are typically in what we call the veil. And so their spiritual door hasn't been closed like mine or yours has. So... 
they're more apt to see and accept any kind of paranormal sightings that they see. They might be afraid of them, but they're more willing to accept them. And I don't know, unless it's a particularly like negative or scary experience with kids, I feel like if it's nice, they're more willing to accept it. I mean, I had my own stuff when I was a kid. We'll get into that. Yeah. It's not about me right now. Now it's about Buddy Holly. Like my transitions. They're so cheesy. I have to keep it a little light. I mean, it's ghost stories. It's fun. In case you're not familiar, on February 3rd, 1959, a tragic plane crash near Clear Lake, Iowa, took the lives of three rock legends, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and J.P. the Big Bopper Richardson Jr., as well as the pilot Roger Peterson. Or as we like to call it, our February. Exactly. Spoiler alert. (laughs) At least most of our February. Fans have flocked to the crash site for years, reporting seeing a phantom plane flying overhead and flashing ghostly lights in the field where the plane crashed. Others report hearing Holly's music near where he is buried at the city of Lubbock Cemetery and even in his former high school classroom at Lubbock High. Obviously, these are both in Texas. Lubbock, Texas, to be exact. In the dead of night. Like, so high school classroom, dead of night. I'm assuming it's the janitor's. But basically, it's like there's no kids there practicing or anything, you know. But his music is playing. You were saying that people can see the lights from yeah. the plane. So that that would be, if that's that's true, that would probably be a residual haunting, yeah. which is uh, a haunting that kind of replays like a, a tape in a VCR. Right. So it's more of a an event that happens over and over again. And so that would be, that's a that's a big residual haunting, though. But it's the idea that... A, a certain event has made such an impact on the land that it just keeps replaying. So just a little side note. This isn't, it's a fun fact, but it's, I don't want to take us off topic. So here's the thing. We'll mention it again when we in, you know, as LD said, our February. <laughs> but I wanted to bring it up because it's kind of fun. The song American Pie yep. by Don McLean, if you ever wondered... What that song was about, that song was written in tribute to February 3rd, 1959, and this accident specifically. So if you ever wondered what it was about, now you know. Store that one for trivia, folks. So this next one is not as much a, hey, you can find his ghost here. This is a haunting light story. This one is a a little creepier. Hit me with it. It's not like creepy, oh my God, I'm terrified, but it's, it's got a chill factor to it got a spooky so can i tell you something really spooky i think we have the ghost of a helicopter hanging around our pod (laughs) so we're gonna keep on going with the episode but if you hear a helicopter in the background i do apologize that's uh just what happens when you live in los angeles i i I don't think it's a ghost of a helicopter i just think it's a helicopter maybe looking for ghosts your neighbor did have a skeleton in a lawn chair on their roof maybe they're (laughs) investigating (laughs) So yeah, so this one is more, it'll give you, it might give you a little chill. It's it's not like, oh my God, I'm terrified. Why'd you give me nightmares? It's just a little creepy. Country music legend Johnny Horton was very interested in the spirit world and often met with a medium named Bernard Ricks. According to a story in the 2012 issue of the Nashville Music Guide, Horton had a secret code he made with singer-songwriter and good friend Merle Kilgore, much like the pact that Harry Houdini made with his wife. Horton had a strange feeling he was going to die and wanted a way to communicate with Merle after. 
A week later, Johnny was killed by a drunk driver. Years after, Merle went on Bob Lockwood's radio show. Bob introduced Merle on the air and went on to play Ring of Fire, the song that he co-wrote with June Carter for Johnny Cash. While the song was playing, a woman called into the show saying that she was part of a group of psychics that had been together the night before and received an unusual name on their Ouija board. No. Yup. No Ouija. Yup. Merle Kilgore. The same force or spirit went on to leave a very strange message. The drummer is a rummer and he can't hold the beat. The exact secret code that Kilgore had created with Horton before his death. Couple things, kids. <laughs> please, please, as a public service announcement, do not use Ouija boards. They are dangerous. I would never use a Ouija board. It's, you, you don't, it's not a toy. I cannot believe that Hasbro made it a toy. It's not a toy. It's not a toy. It's when you are... No, they're very dangerous. When you're doing things in the the paranormal realm, intention is everything. And so if you are playing with a spirit board or a talking board or a Ouija board and you have the desire to speak to something, you are opening up a gate to a realm that we don't understand and anything can come through and it can lie. So please... Please don't play with Ouija boards. They're dangerous. I don't know if the Ouija can lie, but the things talking through it can. And it's not, it's not if you're playing with it and something comes through and it's dangerous and things start to occur. There are steps that have to be taken to properly dispose of a Ouija board that are not easy to, you just can't throw it out. That doesn't do anything. There is a certain ritual that you have to perform in a certain way using certain items. And if you can't procure those certain items, whatever you have released into your environment is not going to leave. Why are you looking at me like that? I'll tell you about it later. What did you do, TJ? <laughs> TJ, what did you do? I don't know. Oh, God. I might be dead. Oh. <laughs> Move on, please. I can't <laughs> with you right now. All right, moving on. Janice Joplin. Yay. <laughs> I'm scared now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Janice Joplin. Woo. So this one's just a really short little guy. But you know I love Janice Joplin, and we just did the episodes, so I wanted to just throw it in there for funsies. If you listen to the Janice episode, you know that she died of a heroin overdose in room 105 of the Landmark Hotel in Hollywood. Since then, her ghost has been spotted in that room and other parts of the building, which is now called the Highland Gardens. So if you ever come to L.A., you want to go check it out. It's called Highland Gardens. Supposedly, if you speak her name in the lobby, pictures on the wall will move and doors will slam shut. And moving on from Janice, her fellow 27 club member. I go to Jimi Hendrix. The legendary guitarist died at the height of his career in 1970. As you would remember, it's like right around the same time as Janice. Monica Donovan found him unconscious and unresponsive in her London flat, and he died shortly after being rushed to the hospital. His ghost is said to be heard playing guitar around a bronze statue that was erected in his honor on the Isle of Wight where Hendrix played his last concert. But in life... He was someone who also experienced paranormal phenomena, including UFO sightings 
and his music and lyrics often reflected his beliefs in other worlds and beings. He often spoke in interviews about his interest in UFOs and aliens, but this episode is about the ghost stories, so that's just a teaser, and we'll come back to that when we do his episode later. Haha, <laughs> the trick part of Trick or Treat. So I'm going to move on to Liberace, the flamboyant Liberace. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a there's a skit that they do on SNL. Well, they did it on SNL because, of course, Bill Heater's left. But they they did a skit on SNL, which is Vincent Price's Halloween special. Right. And, you showed it to me. And, yeah. and Liberace's in there. So like through the whole time you're going to be telling this story, I'm going to be thinking about Fred Armiston doing the Liberace with the piano where he's like waving his hands around. <laughs> Just so you know, that's what I'm going to be thinking about. Fair enough. Liberace. We all know that he rose to stardom in Las Vegas. Guess where his ghostie hangs out? Mm, it's the, Vegas. The Waffle House? It's Vegas. He hangs out in Vegas. Oh, okay. Still. Eh. <laughs> well, his ghost is said to haunt the very restaurant that he had designed. The Waffle House. No. It was once called Liberace's Tivoli Gardens. Now it's Carluccio's Tivoli Gardens. Few people know that he loved to cook particularly in his restaurant. Many who have visited after his death have reported hearing a piano playing, experiencing cold spots near that piano, lights and faucets turning off and on, and bottles falling from the shelves. I was going to ask you before you said that there was a piano. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense that he would have a piano in the restaurant. Yeah, of that's, course. That's like his thing. That, yeah, duh. It's yeah. Of course he had a piano in the restaurant. Why not? And of course he still hangs out there now. And still plays it. Yeah. You do what you love. Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. But here's something kind of fun. According to mediums and mystic teachers Craig and Jane Hamilton Parker, Michael Jackson claimed he could communicate with Liberace following his death in 1987. The couple stated that he had a secret room with moving walls and mirrors, and it was in that room that he would have his communications with the late musician. Jackson claimed to like his presence and likened Liberace to a guardian angel. Ironically, Liberace had his own paranormal experiences, claiming he once owned a piano that belonged to famed classical composer Franz Liszt. Liberace felt that Liszt's spirit inspired him to write music on that piano. Okay, so this one's another little short one. I, once upon a time, I had an honorable mention section for these little shorties, but I changed it for living celebrity accounts of their own ghosts. So there you go. Graham Parsons was one of these little shorties that I just thought was fun and cute. Graham Parsons of the Flying Burrito Brothers was interested in UFOs and spent a lot of time in Joshua Tree National Park, ending his life with a drug overdose at the Joshua Tree Inn, where witnesses report his spirit still haunts room eight. Tourists can spend the night in the room in hopes of seeing his ghost. In fact, the inn actually advertises this. Like there's an ad. It's just like, hey, come stay in room eight and bring your guitar. You want to go write a song with Graham Parsons? Joshua Tree in room eight. Okay, not paranormal, but I'm kind of excited to do an episode on Graham Parsons because his life was really interesting, but his death and what happened to him afterwards is the reason why we have a law now that prevents you from... I forget if it's taking a body across state lines or there weren't any laws against what happened to his body. But basically his body was stolen by his best friend. Yes. So <laughs> that, that's going to be 
a fun ride. I also had a little tidbit on Sid Vicious. These are like the hotels right here. The legendary punk rocker and bassist for the Sex Pistols died in 1978 of a drug overdose in the Chelsea Hotel while out on bail after being accused of murdering his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. People at the hotel say that they still see Sid's ghost hanging out around the hotel's elevators. Ghost fact! Welsh poet Dylan Thomas's ghost has also been seen roaming the halls of the hotel where he died after falling into a coma during his stay there. LD fun fact. I actually got to stay in the Chelsea Hotel a couple times. Uh, I don't know if it's paranormal or not, but I've actually gotten to stay at the Chelsea Hotel a couple times, and that place is pretty creepy. It could just be, too, that you're sensitive, so it just feels kind of oppressing. Yeah, and there is a history to the place. I think it was it was built in, like, the 1880s, so... It's a pretty darn old place that has a lot of history. And like I always say, you know, it could be the building, it could be the people, or it could be the land. And I think in this case, it might be the building. Something is tied to the building. And it's just, you get this feeling when you go there. And it seems, I don't know, it seems darker there than other hotels that I've stayed in. And I'm I'm saying like physically darker. If that makes any sense. See, that's like one of those places that if I'm intending to go there and expecting to do that or feel that, it'd be great. But if I was just going to stay there, I would leave. And that was the thing. I wasn't an investigator when I stayed there. This is between like 2001, 2003. So I hadn't fully become a paranormal investigator yet. But I had heard stories. And so I thought, oh, it'd be cool. And we, a couple of my friends just got some of the rooms and stayed the night and nothing happened it's just a feeling that you get when you walk through the doors right it's an interesting place i i i'd say even if you're just a casual tourist of the paranormal go check it out it's a really cool place i mean i didn't like i said i didn't experience anything but it was an interesting place see and i felt that you know jumping backwards a little bit back to frank sinatra i kind of felt that i got to stay at the old safari inn in Vegas before they rebuilt it to the SLS. And it was it was really run down by the time I stayed there. But I still kind of felt the energy of that time period. Because like Frank Sinatra would hang out there with the Brat Pack. People, like that era. You know, I could just feel it all around me. So it's just one of those things that those energies transfer and remain within like the building itself. Now, I've also stayed at the SLS that is in that same location, but it does not feel the same way at all. So it's definitely not the grounds. It was the building. That's the thing is for me, those are those three places that can be haunted. It could be a person that is haunted. It could be a place that's haunted or it could be the land that's haunted. And in your case, it was the building. I would be interested to know if there was any paranormal activity happening now at the SLS because... A lot of times if a spirit is strong enough, because the breakdown is we're all made of energy. I'm not turning this into a paranormal podcast. I will have my own paranormal podcast soon. Hold on for that. But ghosts are, from my understanding, manifestations of our energy because you cannot destroy mass. You can only change it. And since we are energy, that energy has to be expelled in a certain way. And so I would be interested to see if there's any paranormal activity there because if something is strong enough, it can withstand the demolition and rebuilding of the hotel. Like I say, I've stayed there a few times. I don't... Don't feel anything? No. No. 
I think uh, Ghost Adventures guys got in there before they tore it down, though. I know you don't like them, but... Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters? Ghost Adventures. Ghost Hunters might have gotten in there, too, before they tore it down, but... Lay Yeah. But I know Ghost Adventures did. And I got one more little shorty for you before I hit you with the big one. Eddie Hinton. Eddie was the troubled guitarist for the Muscle Shoals Sound Rhythm Section. When he died in 1995, he was buried in a blue suit. This comes back as important if you know, if you listen to anything I ever do. I don't include details that are not important. Blue suit. Later, when the Black Keys were recording at the Muscle Shoals Sound Studio in Alabama, the members reported seeing an apparition in, you guessed it, a blue suit. They have also experienced many equipment malfunctions while in the studio that may have been interference from Hinton's ghost. Which we get interference all the time here. Like, there's been a couple times you got that picture of me. Yeah. With the light. And, and then we've had where we barely start recording. And our battery drains. And the battery drains immediately. Yep. Like, brand new battery lasts us half an episode. Yeah. And that is a common phenomenon, is that they're trying to draw energy. And so a battery is an excellent source for energy. So... And then we've also had randomly, like, our recorder will cut out on us that we have to come back and re-record an episode. Yep. We get you know. we get kind of... There is something in our pod loft. We don't know what it is. There is something in our pod loft. We don't know what it is. But occasionally it just makes its presence known. It just kind of wanders in, messes with our equipment, and leaves. It doesn't ever mm-hmm. bother us. Yep. I mean... Other than messing with our equipment. I need more batteries. Please send batteries. I still owe you a birthday present. I'm just making your birthday last a really long time. It's still going. That's part of my gift to you. Okay. Now this one is the biggest one of my episode. I am miming buckling up. Are you ready? Do you see me? I'm buckling up. I don't know if it's like scary or anything but it's just there's many layers whether you were a fan of his music or not john lennon's death rocked the world he made global headlines when he was shot outside the dakota apartments in new york city in december 1980 and we'll talk more about that when we cover him later but today is all about the ghost stories after his death lennon's ghost was said to roam the dakota building appearing to bandmates and family Fun fact. I have two. Fun fact number one. The Dakota building was the setting of the 1968 horror film Rosemary's Rosemary's Baby. Baby. (laughs) I'm sorry. I get really excited when we talk horror. This is we don't do this often. (laughs) I don't get to like be a horror nerd or a paranormal nerd. So I'm really excited that we're doing this. Fun fact number two. While Lennon was alive, he claimed to have seen a spectral ghost called the Crying Lady also wandering the hallways of the Dakota building. (laughs) Dakota building is haunted, y'all. According to fellow Beatle Paul McCartney in numerous interviews, he also showed up in the recording studio, including during the recording of Free as a Bird in 1995. The song had been written by Lennon. McCartney, Starr, and Harrison all felt his playful presence in unexplained noises and strange equipment malfunctions. The musicians stated they felt his presence all around them. Oasis lead singer Liam Gallagher also claims to have experienced Lennon's ghost while recording an unfinished symphony of Lennon's with Paul McCartney. That's just at the studio. This is a little creepier. 
we get a little creepier now. Let's take it up a notch. At the moment of his death, there are accounts of two other strange occurrences as well. A woman named Barbara Garwell, who lived in England and worked with a parapsychologist, claimed that an apparition of Lenin appeared at the foot of her bed at the moment he was shot in New York. And in Hong Kong, photographer Bob Freeman, who had shot several Beatles album covers, claimed that a framed picture of John also dropped from the wall at the time of his death. That's creepy. So that's literally the shot heard around the world. New York, London, Hong Kong. Like, yikes. But wait, there's more. Lennon believed in the paranormal enough to tell his first wife, Cynthia, that he would send her a sign when he died, one that would involve a feather. In 1986, Cynthia found a dead jackdaw bird wrapped in newspaper tucked behind the fireplace of her home. Which that's just creepy. Like, how long was that bird there? I love it. And speaking of feathers, this is not as creepy. During a photo shoot for Free as a Bird, which again recorded in 1995, McCartney reported that a white peacock came over from the nearby farm and visited. He and the other Beatles agreed this was John making his presence known. According to the Post, John Lennon's ghost in the Seek's Ghost blog in 2012, John's ghost was spotted by musician Joey Harrow and his friend Amanda Moores standing near the entrance of the Dakota building surrounded by an eerie light. And his beloved wife, Yoko Ono, reported seeing his ghost playing a white piano in the home they shared. Lennon turned to her and said, don't be afraid. I'm still with you. Aww. Yeah. That's all I got on, on Lennon's ghost. I believe you wanted to do an honorable mention before I get to stories from the living artists. Yeah, just because... Just because I know that we'll probably, because it's me, I'll probably cover something about it in the episode that I do about him, which is Michael Jackson. Because a couple years ago, when he passed away, a video surfaced of them kind of doing a tour of Neverland Ranch. And you can see what looks like Michael Jackson walking past the door. And so I thought that was kind of interesting because he did love Neverland so much. So it wouldn't shock me if he was kind of sticking around there. And he did die under suspicious circumstances, I'll say. So yeah. it wouldn't shock me if he was kind of stuck at Neverland. But I just wanted to kind of mention that because that's one of those ghost hauntings that pop up on the top five and top ten lists on YouTube of like the creepiest hauntings or the creepiest celebrity ghost sighting lists. So that's all I wanted to say. Fair enough. All right. So for the last part of this episode, I kind of want to shift focus because there's tons of stories out there of ghosts haunting their old homes of, you know, of them haunting the studios and, and that. So they just become kind of the short little blips that I've got for some people. But I wanted to take a moment to focus on the living and their experiences with the dead. <laughs> yeah, I like this turn thought it was fun but they're still all musicians so you know it still fits this one is a little creepy so if you have an active imagination like me or you don't like the creepy again just skip forward a couple minutes during her tour in 2009 miley cyrus rented a flat in london with her family including her kid sister noah when she heard noah scream from the bathroom shower the hot water knob had been turned on by itself, burning Noah. Miley also claims she later saw a little boy sitting on the sink while she tried to shower. 
When he showed up again the next night, too, Miley did a little research on the flat and discovered that it was once owned by a family of three. The parents sadly died, leaving behind a little boy, the same boy that Miley claimed to have seen on the sink. (laughs) The family, the Cyrus family, left the flat immediately after. (laughs) Fair enough. I feel like that's classic ghost story. Like, ooh, and they... And this was the little boy. I've been dead for 10 years. You know, that kind of thing. That creepy ghost story-ness. Creepy ghost story-ness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I make up words. What? All right. And this next one's not creepy. But again, it talks about that, uh, the kids being in the veil thing. Demi Lovato also had a ghost story to tell. The pop starlet claims the home she grew up in in Texas is haunted by a little girl named Emily. The ghostly presence and her name have been confirmed by a psychic and ghost hunters who have come to the home to investigate. Lovato claims she saw Emily many times as a child. Emily was often seen in the closet and Lovato would sometimes be talking to the ghost when her mother would enter the room. When her mom would ask her who she was talking to, she would simply say, my best friend, Emily. And it could be an imaginary friend thing. It could be, you know, that maybe when the psychics and the ghost hunters came out, she believed it enough that she swayed them or it could be an actual ghost. That's why I like to personally walk into a paranormal hotspot or like places that were hunting that I don't know anything about because I don't want to be tainted with past experiences and go oh well there's a little seven-year-old girl that's in this room and then this whole time I'm like why is there not a seven-year-old girl manifesting in here you told me that there was a seven-year-old girl but you know it's or it's sweet or influences your whatever you do experience yeah these ones kind of bounce back and forth now between creepy and like kind of light this one comes from Ariana Grande Grande told Complex magazine in 2013 about her encounter in a Kansas City haunted castle and the infamous Skull Cemetery, said to be the gateway to the seven gates of hell. Dang. That's quite a claim. Yeah. She reported feeling sick and smelling sulfur, a scent often associated with the dead and ghosts. Nope. No? Incorrect. Well, it said it in the thing. Actually, I've heard that a lot. What are you talking about? It, Sulfur and the smell of feces, things like that, that's actually more reminiscent of something that's demonic. It's like demons. Yeah, it's demonic. Yeah, so I was going to say, I know, when I read that, I was like, that's not dead and ghosts, that's demons. That's that's demons. That's evil. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. If you smell that, run. 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 Go. Grab salt. Go the other way. Holy water. Leave. Leave that place. Especially if it says your name. Get out. Real fast. Bye. Bye. But we're back. So, yeah, she reported feeling sick and smelling sulfur and felt such a feeling of negativity. Now, here's the thing. Little Ariana, bless her heart. She's just so sweet. So cute. So sweet. But also, I don't know that this was a smart move on her part. Being considerate, because she's just so sweet. She rolled the windows down, because I'm assuming she was driving through the cemetery. She rolled the windows down and apologized to the dead buried in the cemetery for disturbing their slumber. You know, basically just, hey, sorry, bother you. But here's... Here's the thing. But she also took a photo that showed three faces that were not there that looked like demons. When she sent the photo to her manager, 
The file showed that it could not be opened and that it was 666 megabytes in size, which is a number generally associated with demons and the devil. She continued to experience weird sounds and sensations afterward, but eventually was able to put an end to the strange experiences by relaxing and not giving in to her fears. You should go. What do you mean you should go? Yeah, no. The 666 bite thing, I'd be like, eh, that's there's a line. Yeah. And I walk the other direction. I don't, I don't go past that line. I just walk the other way. <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know, hmm, woof. There's a great saying that says, when in doubt, sage it out. And maybe she has. I mean, that's a big thing now. And now this one's just kind of middle of the road. Like, it was probably incredibly scary for Gaga, but the account didn't give any crazy details that was scary for our purposes. More crossover. Apparently yeah. she's a murderer, remember? Yeah. <laughs> I say apparently that's a joke, guys. Gaga didn't kill anyone. Go back to the conspiracy theories episode. She didn't kill anybody. She didn't kill anyone. Gaga is the queen. It's just a joke. Throwback. In May 2010, England's Mirror reported that Lady Gaga had spent a few thousand dollars on an electromagnetic field sweeper and other equipment to remove what she called bad energy in the form of dark spirits before her monster's ball concert in London. Her aide told Mirror that they were taking the equipment on the road with them to make sure each location was clear of any spirits. Several months later, they held a seance to get rid of a spirit whose name was Ryan. Gaga was allegedly annoyed and afraid of the ghost enough to take such drastic measures. And we thought the people stalkers were bad. I'm a ghost stalker. They go anywhere. And that's what I was saying. A person can be haunted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can have spirits attached to you. And I think oh, this is just my personal thing. I think there is a difference between someone who attracts ghosts and someone who is haunted. Because ghosts can sense when a person is more opened yeah. up. And then they might come to them and try to give them messages or try to help them, get them to help them in some way. Whereas a person who is haunted really doesn't want it, takes steps to prevent it, but still is something is following them. And it could be a known entity or an unknown entity. We don't know. Right. And this one, again, we go back to a little bit creepy scary as we go to Sting's story. Sting once claimed he saw a ghost in the bedroom of an old house he lived in along with his wife, Trudy Styler. In an interview with The Telegraph, he claimed they saw a female figure standing in the corner with a child one night when they were asleep in bed. Sting woke up first and thought it was his wife, but strange that she would be standing there, and especially with a child. He then realized she was still asleep beside him. He got a terrible chill when Trudy woke up and asked him who the woman and child were that were standing in the corner. Sting said the figures then vanished into thin air. He also claimed that objects would fly around the home, like sharp knives being flung across the kitchen, the mobiles in his daughter's room spinning even when the windows were closed and the room was empty, and they would also hear disembodied voices. He ended the interview with a strange comment, though, and said, When you live in old houses, you get this energy there. Intellectually, no, I don't believe in them, speaking of ghosts, but I've experienced them on an emotional level. And again... <laughs> I mean, knives flying and mobiles. That, 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 that seems, um, it sounds like there's a little bit more of a physical level there to sting. Poltergeist. That, yeah, it was a poltergeist. Like, I won't say it's a poltergeist because ghosts can manifest 
things like that. They can build energy to, to move objects and things like that. But it could be a poltergeist. Well, I have a feeling that this just kind of scratched the surface of the actual activity. Like, because, like, I read one part and it made it seem like, okay, things are moving. Like, whatever. Like, oh, and little table moved a little bit. Whatever. But then, you know, it came up again and it's like knives being flung across the kitchen. It's like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. That is more intense than... That escalated. Yeah, that escalated quickly. Like, uh, I don't know. That's, that sounds kind of poltergeisty, you know. Poltergeisty. Yeah. I'm just going to make up words all week, you know. And because I can't leave us on too much of a creepy note, mostly because I can't leave myself on too much of a creepy note because I have to go walk down the street in the dark <laughs> to my car soon, I leave you with one more. According to the Sunday Post, when singer Robbie Williams moved into the house once owned by Beatles drummer Ringo Starr in Los Angeles, the moving men claimed there was a woman sitting in a chair in the house and refused to go in. The house turned out to be haunted not just by the strange old woman, but also by several children who could be seen and heard playing outside in the garden. Ringo's son, Zach Starkey, once asked Robbie if he'd met the children and the old lady, so it would seem the house was also haunted when they lived there, too. So I like that. Yeah. But it's kind of nice. Like, hey, have you, have you met our old lady and our kids yet that used to live there? <laughs> like, okay. This is my favorite stuff to talk about. You know, just a little fun ghost story for your, your Halloween week. Yeah. You know, nothing too heavy. couple creepers, but we try to keep it light. Yeah. There are a lot of celebrity ghost sightings in the annals of history. And I wonder if that's because we, we miss these people and we really want to see them and we manifest that or if they're actually that kind of haunting. Right. You know, I mean, there was just so many. I had limited amount of time to work on it and I you know I just wasn't sure where to even end it so it's like because it just you could just keep going forever and we if should. you had done it you would <laughs> I would have so you know Halloween episode would have lasted like two more months at least before I finally was like enough come on people who who wants more Halloween no fine <laughs> Uh, it's only because it. I have to always, I have to, pe- no, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> but I am going to dress as Buffy the Vampire Slayer so that vampires leave me alone. Fair enough. So that's about <laughs> it. So that's about it for this episode of the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast. Thank you, TJ. That You're was welcome. fun. I seriously could talk about paranormal stuff all day. Clearly. I, actually, I'll be talking about paranormal stuff for the next two weeks. So make sure if you have a paranormal story to shoot me an email because I would like to send you to the producers. <laughs> and also I did, I, I want to just tell everybody, I did try to just keep it light and f- fun with just some ghost stories and, you know, not get too deep. <laughs> LD. <laughs> so thank you so much, guys, for checking this episode out. This is going to start our month-long hiatus. We will miss you guys, but we will be back in December. So After we're all nice and fat from Thanksgiving. And rested. And rested. From Thanksgiving. Yeah. And hopefully I will have done an investigation at the Stanley Hotel. There you go. That'll be fun. 
and we will come back better and stronger than ever. So, again, if you guys have any audio issues, please let us know so that we can address that so we can fix that up and and make sure that we're giving you guys the best possible podcast that we can. Again, we're a DIY project. I had to figure out all this stuff myself, how to edit, how to record, how to get us on the the interwebs and all that good stuff. So uh, any feedback is welcome. We really appreciate it. And that's about it. So check out our social stuff. If you think that we're awesome and you want to give us money, you can do that at Patreon at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. You can find us on Twitter at rock and roll LT. Come hang out with us on Facebook at Rock and Roll Heaven Pod, our Instagram where we post awesome photos of not only uh, our points of interest for the episode, but also fun little pictures of ourselves occasionally. We will be posting our Halloween pictures up there so you can see me looking like an idiot. <laughs> I don't know if DJ is going to look like an idiot, but I'm pretty sure I am. And that's uh, Instagram is Rock and Roll Heaven LT. The website, still not going to say it. And you can email us at Rock and Roll Heaven LT at gmail.com. Hey, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you when you sleep. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> so, from me and TJ to our Rock and Roll Heaven family, you guys. Please have a safe Halloween. Make sure to look both ways before crossing the street. Wear your lights and give out really good candy because no one really likes apples. Yeah. (laughs) And to that, we say bye. Bye. Hey, TJ. Yeah. Trick or treat. No. Give me candy. (laughs) Give me candy. Stop it. Give me candy. No. I don't have any candy. Give me candy. I have to go buy candy. Let's say. I gotta go buy candy. Bye. 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 Children, I'll take thee away into a land of enchantment. Come, little children, the times come to play here in my garden of magic. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.